Welcome. You're listening to Lan Asari's podcast, the founder of God's Tabernacle Church in Ghana. As you listen, may you be blessed immensely. Father, we come before you, Father. We just want to thank you for another time in your presence. Father, we thank you for your goodness. Father, we thank you for all your wonderful things. Father, we thank you for the things we even take for granted. Father, we thank you for the food and drink you put on our table. Father, we thank you for your second chances. We thank you for forgiveness of sins. Father, we thank you for all the things we we take for granted, Lord. So many things you do for us. Father, we thank you for the health. We wake up with full bodies. Father, we, we wake up with full health. And Father, sometimes we take it for granted, but Father, we thank you today for all that you are doing in our lives. Father, we ask that you continue to grant us grace, continue to grant us mercy, Father. May we have space, Father. May we have space in your kingdom. May we have space at your throne of mercy, Father, that we may, that we may obtain grace, Father. Father, we thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, I'm going to be continuing on um, last week's message. Um, I think I started, I started on reasons, amen. And if you were with us last week, you would have had a wonderful time, amen. I'm going to continue. Uh, we're going to be going through even more reasons that Christians have to go through, amen. So... We're going to go through some reasons right now. And uh, I want us to just be mindful because um, I feel like this is something that God is telling us. And I just want us to be very mindful of these, these particular things that we're going to go through. Okay, so number one. Um, why Christians forgive? You know, why should Christians forgive? Why, why do Christians forgive people? Why should we even forgive in the first place? Is it biblical to forgive? Yes, it actually is. You know, the Bible says in Mark 11 verse 25, it says that, And when you assume the posture of prayer, remember that it's not all asking. If you have anything against someone, forgive. Only then will your Heavenly Father, be inclined to also wipe your slate clean of sins. Amen. <clears throat> so the Bible is saying that when you prostrate yourself, when you even seek to pray to God, the Bible is saying that remember that you actually need forgiveness. Remember that you actually also need to ask for forgiveness of sins. You need to forgive others of the sins they've forgiven, sorry, of the sins they've committed against you. He says, so that your heavenly father would what? Clear the slate of sin that, that, that is against you. Because you can't, you can't stand it. You see, the Bible says that God doesn't answer the sins of unrighteous people. God doesn't answer this. The, sorry, God doesn't answer the prayers of sinners. Do you understand? So when you stand in front of God and then you are refusing to forgive some people of the sins they've committed against you, you are, for, you are, you are refusing to, to, to forget certain things that people have done against you. I'm telling you that, look, most of your prayers will not be answered. Because see, based on what the scripture is saying, it's, it's teaching us 
that look when you cannot forgive you do not receive you do not receive answers to your prayers amen because god is not mocked whatsoever a, a, a man soweth so shall he reap so when you come to god refusing to forgive some people of their sins expecting that your sins will be forgiven of you because what you are a christian it doesn't work like that Amen. The title Christian does not mean that you are over certain things. Amen. You are still under the power of God. You are still under the word of God. Amen. And the word of God says that if you have not forgiven people of their sins, your sins will not be forgiven of you. Amen. Do you understand? And, and your prayers will not be answered because, you see, it says here, only then will your heavenly Father be inclined to also wipe your slate clean of sins. Amen. So there, there, there's, a certain, there's, a certain, there's a certain there's a certain type of, of prayer that, look, you need to cleanse yourself of your sins because you can't come to God and be holding on to certain things and expect that God will not hold on to certain things that you have done or certain things that you have been into amen so a person must learn to forgive and let me teach you something even deeper look i learned i learned something some time ago a wise man once said that unforgiveness is the sin sorry unforgiveness is the poison that kills its bearer unforgiveness is the poison that kills its bearer it means that unforgiveness it's, it's a poison that is in you. You are refusing to let the poison go and it is killing you slowly. Because at the end of the day, the person that you are, you are offended by, the person is just living their lives. Freely, coolly. The person is just going about their day. The person is just doing whatever they need to do. Do you understand? You are the one that is hurt. You are the one that, 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 that has felt the pain. Is keeping the pain inside. You are the one that is keeping all the sorrow and all that inside you, refusing to let it go. Whilst the person is living their lives freely, free, the person is not even bothered by anything because the person has offended you and the person has gone somewhere else. But you are the one that is keeping all the pain and all the hurts inside. And you are, you are wearing yourself down. Amen. You are wearing yourself down. You are putting yourself down. Amen. So unforgiveness is a poison that kills its bearer. Because when you don't forgive, you are killing yourself. Because you see, at a point, it even manifests. It grows into something deeper. Because at a the point, then you start to generalize this poison that has been killing you. Do you understand? You see, because at a point, you see, that's where people come up with things like, oh, all men are trash. Uh, I don't, I mean, I, I, I'm not into relationships. I don't want to be in relationships. You know, all boys are the same. All girls are the same. People will show you. They come up with such things because they have refused to let go of certain things that have happened to them. Amen. They've refused to let go of certain sins that people have committed against them. They refuse to let go of certain things that, certain hurts that people have, 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 have done against them. And the Bible is saying that, look, if you cannot get to the point where you have to let go of these things, if you cannot get to the point where uh, uh, you cannot prostrate yourself and ask God for forgiveness of sins, I am telling you that God is not going to answer your prayers. It's as simple as that. 
Do you because even when Jesus Christ was teaching the Lord's Prayer, one of the things that he did was that, you see, Jesus Christ taught that forgive us of our sins or forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. So even when, when the disciples came to Jesus that teach us how to pray, amen, when the disciples came to Jesus and actually just teach us how to pray, part of the prayer that Jesus Christ taught was Forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. So it, it's, it's, it's so intrinsic in our nature to forgive. It must be intrinsic in your nature to forgive. Amen. A Christian must learn how to forgive. A Christian must learn how to be a forgiven Christian. A Christian must learn how to forget certain things that people have done against you. Because when you don't forget, you always keep it inside you. And then you always generalize the problem now. Because what's going to happen is that you are going to, you are going to generalize certain sins. You are going to put it onto the next person. And this is why our generation is struggling with, with relationships. Because we are taking things and problems from the past relationship and then we are putting them in this new relationship and we are expecting our relationship to work. Sometimes you just need to forgive and forget and you just need to move in faith and trust God that, look, this new person is not going to do the same things that that old person was doing. Amen. So, God is requiring that we forgive others. Because we, we seek God for forgiveness for ourselves. Amen. So it is, it, is, it is pivotal for a Christian to forgive. Hallelujah. Now, why should Christians... Sorry, reasons. Now, reasons why Christians help other Christians to be Christians. <laughs> Amen. Now, why should a Christian help another Christian to live properly as a Christian. Let's just go through it. Galatians 6 verse 1 and 2. Verses 1 and 2. It says that live creatively, friends. If someone falls into sin, forgivingly restore them, saving your critical comments for yourself. You might be needing forgiveness before the day's out. Stoop down and reach out to those who are oppressed, share their burdens, and so complete Christ's law. Amen. You see, the Bible is saying that you must learn, as a Christian, you must learn how to forgivingly bring people back to God. Save your comments sometimes. Sometimes you don't always have to comment about what a certain Christian is doing. You don't have to comment about a certain Christian who has fallen. You don't have to comment about a Christian who has gone to do this. Maybe a Christian has gone to fornicate or a Christian has gone to steal or a Christian has gone to lie or a Christian has gone to deceive people. A Christian is, is doing certain bad things. The Bible says that forgivingly, forgivingly, do you understand? Forgivingly save, forgivingly restore these Christians. Forgivingly help them back to where they were and even higher than where they were. Do you understand? This is how you are fulfilling, completing Christ's law. Amen. This is how you are completing Christ's law. Amen. You must learn to forgivingly help 
your fellow Christian. Look, we, we are so keen to criticize. We're so keen to talk about other people's faults. We're so keen to talk about other people's shortcomings and, 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 and people's problems. But we don't realize that the Bible is saying that we should actually do the opposite. We're so quick to judge as Christians. We're so quick to judge. We're so quick to build an opinion on people. Look, you hear so many people talk about, in quote, fake pastors. But the truth is that, look, even Jesus Christ was called a fake pastor. In case you didn't know, Jesus Christ was called a fake pastor. So be very careful when you are when you get up and you join the masses and you start talking about Jesus Christ and so you start talking about pastors who are actually anointed, calling them fake pastors, telling them that oh this is not what the Bible says. How do you know? Because in the Bible, the the the, the Pharisees thought Jesus Christ was a fake pastor. They actually used scripture to to say that Jesus Christ was a fake pastor, and you know that was the first time Jesus Christ gave them a wild warning. He said, look, all manner of sin shall be forgiven of man. Sins against, uh, blasphemies against the Son of God, blasphemies against God himself, blasphemy, blasphemy against sacred things, spiritual things. Then he, then he continued and he said, blasphemy against the Holy Spirit shall not and cannot be forgiven of man. Do you understand? And, and listen to the key part because this is where it gets interesting. He ended the scripture by saying that, for they said... He has an evil spirit. Now, you see, the people were calling the spirit of God that was working in Jesus an evil spirit. You see, they were indirectly saying that the Holy Spirit was a demon. Do you understand? And they were indirectly saying that Jesus Christ was... Sorry, they were directly saying that Jesus Christ was, was walking with the power of the prince of Beelzebub. Do you understand? And they were, they were calling the Holy Spirit Beelzebub. And it was indirect. You see, and that's why Jesus Christ was warning them at a point. Because see, for they said he has an evil spirit. They were calling the spirit behind Jesus an, an evil spirit. So they're calling the Holy Spirit an evil spirit. Sometimes when you talk about certain men of God, you are putting yourself in a certain kind of condemnation. Amen. You are condemning yourself. Amen. You are condemning yourself because you do not understand what you are doing. Because you see, these people may be moving with the Holy Spirit. And then you are there calling them fake pastors. Telling them that that they are using evil spirits. They are using juju. They are using all kinds of of tricks and, and things. Because you see, you do not understand. And the Bible is saying that, the Bible is saying that, the Bible is saying that, look, don't, don't come up and just have an opinion. Don't come up and just build an opinion. Don't come up and just talk about the things of God like that when you do not understand it. Amen. When you do not understand it, don't come up and talk about the things of God. Because if you don't understand it, don't talk. Amen. Do not talk. Amen. Let me just read the, the, the scripture for you. Yeah. Hallelujah. Um, I think we can read from Matthew 12. Matthew 12, 31. If you have your Bible, kindly open to it. I can't imagine you not having your Bible. It's a Sunday morning. Amen. So Matthew 
12 verse 31. It says that, I'm reading the Message Bible. It says that there is nothing done or said that can't be forgiven. But if you deliberately persist in your slanders against God's spirit, you are repudiating the very one who forgives. So if you reject the Son of Man out of some misunderstanding, the Holy Spirit can forgive you. But when you reject the Holy Spirit, you are sawing off the branch on which you are sitting, severing by your own perversity or connection with the one who forgives. Amen. I'll read another scripture. Amen. Hmm. Kindly hold on. Or oh, let me change. Let me change the. Let me read. Um, let me read a different version. Now you guys should invest into different versions of the Bible. You, you should try and invest into uh, these particular Bibles. Amplified, the Amplified version, the NIV, the NASB, the Message Bible, especially. I found those particular bibles to be very powerful amen so i'm going to read the amplified version it says that um, therefore i say to you every sin and blasphemy every evil abusive injurious speaking or indignity against sacred things will be forgiven people right but blasphemy against the holy spirit will not be forgiven Whosoever speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. But whosoever speaks against the Holy Spirit by attributing the miracles done by me to Satan will not be forgiven, either in this age or in the age to come. Amen. Are you listening? Hallelujah. So I, I, I want us to just understand that, look, we, we put ourselves in a certain, kind of, a certain kind of condemnation that we don't even understand. And I want us to be very clear about these things. Look, if someone asks you, what do you think about this man of God? What do you think about this person? The best thing you can say, I have no opinion. I don't think anything. Because you do not know how this person is moving or, or, or with what spirit this person is moving. So I implore you, amen, I implore you to walk properly, to walk in wisdom. And walking in wisdom means that you do not build certain, certain, certain conclusions about people because you don't know the spirit with which they are moving in. Amen. Let me move on to the next one. Why are Christians open with each other? Now, this is, this is something very sensitive. I realize that a lot of Christians have this thing where they say it's private or it's personal. Let me tell you something now. Most of your life is not personal. It's not, it was not meant to be personal. Do you understand? If it was meant to be personal, the things in the Bible would not exist. David's fornication would not exist. Abraham lying to the king 
and, 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 and in quotes, selling Sarah out to the king that she was his sister so uh, the king can take her and do whatever he wanted with her. All those things would not have been stated in the Bible because it would have been personal. So why is that when it comes to your life, when we ask you a question, have you done this? Oh, pastor, you know, it's personal. You know, some of these things, I don't like to talk about it because, you know, I, 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 I believe that, you know, a Christian must not talk about the things in their lives. You're not correct. <laughs> it is not personal. It, it must be open. Your life must be open. Jesus' life was an open book. Do you understand? Jesus' life was an open book. The day you start to feel like your life is personal, I am telling you that the devil has found a foothold in your life. Because the devil thrives on darkness. And the fact that you want to keep these things or these sins in your life in the darkness, it shows that the devil is in control of it. You must learn to open up. Look, think, personal things are not personal law. They are not. If you didn't know, in the spirit, everything is open. Everything is open. Do you understand? And you are being targeted in the spirit. And then you come and when, 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 when people who are given charge over you ask you certain questions and you see it, it's personal, it's private. Oh, you don't want to talk about it. You are doing yourself. Amen. Let's see what the scripture says. James 5.16. It says that, therefore, confess your sins to one another. Your false steps. I'm reading the Amplified Version. Your false steps. Your offenses. And pray one Pray for one another that you may be healed and restored. Is that the heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous man, a believer, can accomplish much when put into action and made effective by God. It is dynamic and can, can have tremendous power. Amen. The Bible is saying that confess your sins, your false steps, your, your mistakes, your offenses, one to another. That what? That you may be healed. <laughs> the amplifier says that you may be healed and restored. It means that res restoration means that to be taken from a place of danger and be put back in a place of safety. Amen. To be taken from a place of sickness and to be put back in a place of health. Amen. So the Bible is saying that confess your faults, confess your sins, your false steps, your, 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 your problems, what you went to do, how you went to sleep with that girl. Confess those faults one to another now it's not just to everybody one to another and pray one for another now this is the key word i always say this part i always say that confess your thoughts to people who can pray with you it does not mean that you just confess your thoughts to everybody in the world no do you understand it does not mean that you just come out okay i fornicated i mean what do you what do you want people to do you must learn how to confess your faults one to another. And you have to confess your faults one to another to people who pray with you. Amen. It's not just everybody. You must learn how to confess to people who are praying with you. Amen. People who are there for you. People who can speak counsel to you. Do you understand? So you must learn how to confess. It is not private. Your life is not private. Your life is an open book. And when you get to heaven, that book would be opened. And it will be read about. And I am telling you, if you don't learn how to open up, you, you will struggle. And look, I always share this, this example, and I'm going to share it again. There was a time where I was really struggling with pornography and masturbation. Terribly. 
And I was a Christian, mind you. I, I was a shepherd at that time. And I remember I, I created a WhatsApp group and I put two of my friends in it. I mean, two of my very close friends in it. And I, I, I started texting and I said, look, the purpose of this group for, was for me to confess that I have been watching pornography and I'm struggling with masturbation. And I, and I needed them to know. You see, because I'd come to the realization that the devil works in darkness. He strives in darkness. He, he can work so well in your darkness. And when you keep your sins in the dark, you are giving the devil a foothold. You are giving the devil a place to stand ground in your life. Amen. And I remember, look, I just confessed it to my friends. I felt so, so some way because I felt like, what if they judge me because I'm a leader? What if they judge me? What if they, they, they change their mind about me? Because these are very spiritual brothers. And I said, no, Lord, I have to do this. Regardless of the consequences, I have to do this. And, and I opened up to them and I told them that, look, I'm struggling with this. And I, needed, and I needed you guys to know about this. So you guys also pray with me about this thing. I, I, I told them, pray with me because I'm struggling with pornography. I'm struggling with masturbation. And I need you to pray with me. I need you to pray with me. And by God's grace today, I do not struggle with masturbation or pornography. Amen. It was a journey. Because at the point I realized that no, anytime, anytime I would watch pornography, I have to now go and confess to, to them in their group again. And I said, Lord, at the point I said, Lord, I cannot be doing this. <laughs> I cannot be confessing all the time. I cannot be confessing all the time because I'll go and preach somewhere and then I'll come and confess that, hey, Charlie, I did it again. And I realized that the light was bringing life into my life. Amen. So I realized that God was now being able to shine bright in my life. Hallelujah. And I want to encourage you guys. Your life is not private. It's not. Your life is not private. You must learn how to open up. You must learn how to talk to people you must learn how to seek counsel you must learn how to pray how to pray about your problems and how to get help from people who would also pray with you amen first john 1 verse 1 it says that i am writing about what existed from the beginning what we heard and what we have seen with our eyes what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of god the one who existed even before the beginning of the world christ Amen. So you see, so, so he's writing about what? What has been there from the beginning? So if, if John or the people who wrote the Bible have been writing about the things that have been told to them and have been given to them, why do you think that your life is supposed to be a secret? Why do you think that your thoughts are supposed to be a secret? Because listen, listen, I am writing about what existed from the beginning, what we have heard and what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life look all these things were written for our sakes all these things were written the bible was written for our sakes that's why the bible says that confess your faults one to another and pray one for another the bible look the bible is full of people who have made mistakes amen your life is not supposed to be private your sins are not necessarily supposed to be private you must learn how to confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed the healing does not come from from anywhere else but it comes from 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 the prayer when you confess and you pray one for another you that's what you may be healed you have gone to do this wrong thing learn to 
open up about it. The devil is thriving in the darkness so much you cannot even see it. Amen. The devil is thriving in the darkness. The devil is thriving in your darkness. And, and, and some of you need to break hold of these chains that are holding you down. Hallelujah. Let me read the final, the final few verses. Amen. I'll just rush through it. Why Christians stop quarreling? Why Christians should stop quarreling by 5.30? <laughs> Why should you stop quarreling by 5.30 and make up with the person? Let's read Ephesians 4 verse 26. It says that be angry um, at sin, at immorality. I'm reading Amplified again. Be angry at sin, at immorality, at injustice, and at ungodly behavior. Yet do not sin. Do not let your anger cause you shame, nor allow it to last until the sun goes down. Amen. Do not allow your anger. You see, so listen, the point is, why Christians should not argue or quarrel or be upset at somebody after 5.30? <laughs> because the Bible says that, do not let your anger go down. Sorry, do not let your anger be there when the sun goes down. Amen. And, 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 and sun, sun, sunset is what? It's around 5.30. So by 5.30, some of you should be calling certain people and telling them that, please, I'm not angry with you anymore. Look, it doesn't mean that you have to lower yourself. You see, because there's a, there's a big difference. A lot of Christians make this difference. There's a difference between forgiveness and, um, and letting go. Do you understand? You can forgive somebody and still let the person go. Amen. You can, you can forgive somebody and still not want the person back in your life in any way. It is, it is perfectly okay. Do you understand? Because some of you, you lower yourself. Some of you, you lower yourself, you lower your standards when you allow certain people back into your life. You don't need a bitterness. You don't need, you don't need to hate the person. You don't need to, 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 to have anything against the person. But you don't also need the person back into your life. It is perfectly normal to push the person away from your life. Amen. You can forgive the person and not have the person back in your life. I'm saying it again. You can forgive the person and not have the person back in your life. You have let the person go. Some of you, all in the name of Christian forgiveness, you are bringing certain exes and certain friends back into your life and you are continuing in the fornication and all things. Amen. Let God be your center. Amen. So please, by 5.30, you should have let go of certain problems. You are not, you are not fighting with anybody. As soon as it's 5.30, Lord Jesus, forgive me. <laughs> I'm letting this sin go. Amen. The next point, why Christians need to read the Bible every day. 1 Peter 2 verse 2. Is that like newborn babies, you should long for the pure milk of the word. So that it may be nurtured and grow in respect to salvation its ultimate fulfillment you see the bible is saying that you as a newborn babe you must you must desire the sincere word 
sorry, the sincere milk of the word. The Bible encourages us that, look, we must desire the milk of the word. We must desire the word and the milk of the word. Do you understand? Why you read your Bible every day is because you must desire it. You must desire it. Amen. Because as a newborn baby, you need the milk of the word. You need the word, sorry, you need the word to be strong in you. You must nurture the word. How do you nurture it? By reading your Bible every day. Amen. By having your quiet time every day, by memorizing the scriptures every day. Do you understand? There's so much power in the Bible. There's so much power in the word of God. When you, when you keep that word inside you, you are keeping the power of God inside you. Amen. So let the word of God be in you and let it, let it be nurtured in you that you may grow. Amen. Why Christians pray every day? 1 Thessalonians 5.17 Be unceasing and persistent in prayer. The, the Amplified Version is such a sweet version. The Bible, the, the King James says that uh, pray without season, right? But the Amplified says that be unceasing and persistent in prayer. Now it's, it's adding a certain persistency in the prayer. You must be persistent in prayer. The Bible encourages us to be persistent in prayer. Amen. In every situation, you must give thanks. Be persistent in prayer. Some of you, you are, you are so down all the time. Every day you are crying out to God for one problem or another. Every day is one, is one issue or another. God, this problem. God, that problem. God, this problem. Look, the Bible says, I count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing that the triumph of your faith worketh patience. Letting patience have her way in you. Amen. You need, to, you need to start embracing certain things. Not every problem or everything that looks like a bad thing in your life is bad. There are certain things God has desired it to be in your life. Pray without season. Don't pray only when things are going well. Or don't pray only when things are terrible. Pray without season and be persistent in your prayer. You prayed one hour just today and you think that that problem can be solved. Let me ask you a question. Let's say maybe you are, you are praying to overcome pornography. You think that that one hour that you have prayed today, God, I pray against pornography in my life. Lord, help me. Then that's it. Pornography is gone. Did it take one hour to build your pornography portfolio? Some of you have done all night pornography. You have watched all night. Whilst people were praying all night in the church, you were, you were, you were pornographing all night. Hey! You were pornographing on, you have watched that, now you even have categories of the pornography that you like. And you think that it is one hour prayer. That is all. <laughs> when you pray one hour, you are delivered. You see, Christians, we are lazy. We like shortcuts. We like shortcuts to, to overcoming problems. It's, it's like when you are sick, then you just want one simple, oh, pastor, pray for me, one simple prayer so that that's it, boom, your sickness is gone. But sometimes God needs you to be humble. God needs you to not be sick per se, but God needs your flesh to be down so that your spirit can be up. Because some of you, it is only when you are sick that you remember God in prayer. Hey, I'm saying it again. Some of you, it is only when you are sick that you remember God in prayer. Or it is only when you are broke or when, when, when you are in a wild problem that you remember God in prayer. And that is why God will always continue to allow you to enter wild problems. <laughs> it is for your sake. It is for your safety. Because some of you, if God makes you rich today, that's it. You will never serve God again. You will only serve money. You will serve the money that you have been gifted. You will never serve God again. 
Amen. So sometimes you have to allow yourself to be in the problem because it builds your character. Amen. I'm preaching today. I'm, I'm preaching very powerfully. I see that some of you, it's touching you. A war. <laughs> Amen. So you have to learn how to pray. Pray persistently. Pray without ceasing. Don't just pray. Look, I remember one time God taught me something called a prayer life. Do you understand? And, and excuse me to say, but I remember God told me, look, when you're even on the toilet, you can pray because you're speaking in tongues. You are not prevented from speaking in tongues when you're on the toilet. When you're even in the shower, you can speak in tongues. When you're walking about, you can speak in tongues. I used to do a lot of prayer walks. A lot. I used to walk around and pray. I think even last week. Yeah, last week I did a prayer walk. Amen. You have to learn how to walk and pray. Some of you, some of you know that as soon as you start praying, you sleep. Learn how to pray and walk. Learn how to walk and pray. I fallen asleep while I was even walking and praying sometimes because I was so tired that even as I was walking, I was falling asleep in prayer. <laughs> you have to learn how to pray persistently. You want, things, you want things gone in your life, pray persistently. You want things done in your life, pray persistently. It says that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. It does a lot. Amen. So when you pray, pray fervently. Amen. Pray what? Fervently pray all the time. Hebrews, sorry, the last, my last point, and then we are done. Why Christians obey their pastors? Hebrews 13, verse 17. Why Christians should obey their pastors? I'm reading the Amplified Version. Obey your spiritual leaders and submit to them, recognizing their authority over you, for they are keeping watch over your souls. And continually guarding your spiritual warfare as those who give account. Uh, sorry, as those who give an account of their stewardship of you. Let them do this with joy and not with grief and groans, for this would be of no benefit to you. Let me let me teach you something. You see, this, this particular second part of the scripture says that let them do this, let them account for you. Let them do this with joy and not with grief and groans. Some of you, you stress your pastor out so much that at a point when your pastor is even thinking about you, it's never good. When your pastor is thinking about you, all he thinks about is problem after problem after problem. You see, they'll be rubbing their forehead to the Lord. Which sheep is this? It's not, you are not even sheep. You are, you are a dragon. <laughs> you, have, you, have, you have turned from a sheep to a dragon. You see, because the Bible says that obey your spiritual leaders and submit to them, recognizing their authority over you. For they are keeping watch over your souls and continually guarding your spiritual warfare. Some of you, your spiritual, your spiritual life is not doing well because you are not under authority. You are not under a covering. That's why you're not doing well. If you take anything from this, from all of this, take Hebrews 13, 17, where it says that, obey your spiritual leaders and submit to them, recognizing their authority over you. So for they are keeping watch over your souls and continually guarding your spiritual warfare as those who will give an account of your stewardship. Some of you, we are going to give accounts for you and the account the way we are ready to even talk about some of their problems, the way we are even ready to, 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 to just scatter your problems there <laughs> because you have stressed us to the point that we, we cannot even think anymore. Sometimes we are not even sleeping. We are praying all night just for you. 
and he says that let them do this with joy. Some of you, we are not doing it with joy and not, and not with grief and groans. For this would be of no benefit to you. Because you see, some of you, when we are even praying for you, it's of no benefit to you. Honestly, because we are doing it with groanings. We are doing it with complaints. Hey God, what kind of sheep are we having in this church? Hey! <laughs> Amen. Yeah. So please, obey your pastors. Obey your spiritual leaders. Understand that they are sent from... Don't argue with them. Don't, some of you like to argue. You think you know better. Don't argue with them. Look, when, when your pastor is talking to you, be silent, be, learn to be mute. The Bible says that be slow to speak. It is wisdom. Be slow to speak. Some of you have to learn how to be slow to speak. Stop trying to defend yourself. The way you are even defending yourself, you are making the thing even worse. Amen. So be slow to speak. Do you understand? Be slow to explain yourself. And don't think that you know. Because the Bible says in Jeremiah 3, 3 verse 15, it says, I have given you pastors after my own heart. Sometimes when your pastors are speaking to you, it is God that's speaking to you directly. Because God said, I have given you pastors after my own heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and, 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 and understanding. Amen. So please don't fight your pastor. He's trying to talk to you, then you also talk back. Oh, but pastor, this is, hey! <laughs> Where are you from? Why are you? <laughs> because yeah, at the point, eh, what you guys don't realize, at the point, eh, sometimes eh, when you start to talk back, eh, the pastor just releases you in his heart. Immediately. You are released. The, in, 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 in the pastor's heart, he's like, okay, since you know better, go, please. Go and do what, what, what you, you, you know. Because like, you know better. So the pastor just in his heart, he just releases you and you don't know and you don't realize but after that point you you will not see that your your life has just gone your life is just becoming terrible right now it's terrible 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 look i i remember this story that um archbishop duncan williams told about one of his pastors he was talking to the pastor and he was he was rebuking the pastor and at that point the pastor i think the pastor uh hung up the call on him and then he, he was like, wow, he called the pastor back. And before the pastor could even say anything, he said, he said, you never hang up the phone on me again. And then he hung up the phone. Hey! Look, the pastor's life went downhill. Downhill for months. In a, I think in about three months. And the pastor just died. Suddenly. Pastor just... And he himself even became afraid. Archbishop himself even became afraid. He said, he said it was one of the things that he has... He won't say he has regretted it, but it has pained him that it happened. Because this is one of his pastors. But you see, sometimes you, you guys don't understand that you put us in this position to hang up on your life. <laughs> yeah, you put us in this position to hang up on your life. And sometimes when we hang up on your life, that's it. You are going downhill. Amen. But I pray that God will protect you. That God, God that your life will not, will not go downhill. Amen. I pray that you will not go downhill. I, I pray that God will touch you. I pray that God's hand will be over his life. Father, I come in the name of Jesus. Anybody under the sound of my voice, Father, I pray for a restoration. I pray for restoration in the name of Jesus. Father, send your angels to restore, to bring back. Father, bring back our children, children with their fathers, Lord. Sheep with their pastors, Lord. 
I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, reconcile, reconcile, reconcile. Father, may no one be going downhill under the sound of my voice, but Father, let your guiding power, let your guarding power take over them, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. You guys are blessed. Um, I just want to do a quick altar call. Now, um, as I was preaching, I was preaching about reasons reasons why certain things happen to Christians or Christians should do certain things. It's just reasons. Now, before you can even be applicable to these reasons, you need to be a Christian. Now, a Christian is not the far-fetched term, the watered-down term that we have put in our generation today. No, a Christian is somebody who is born again. A Christian is somebody who has accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and personal Savior. I want to give somebody the opportunity to accept Jesus today. You want to say that, Lord Jesus, I've heard these reasons and from what pastor I've seen, I've not even started because I'm not born again. I want to give my life to you, Jesus. I want someone to just lift up your hands right now. I'm going to pray with you. Just lift up your hands and surrender your life to Jesus. You want to give your life to Jesus. I want to just lift up your hands as I pray for you. I want to say, dear Lord Jesus, I come before you. I give my life to you. Please come into my heart. Please change me, Jesus. Please mold me, Jesus. I no longer want to serve the devil. I want to live my life for you, Jesus. I want to serve you, Jesus. Please write my name in the book of life that when I die, I will be with you in heaven. Thank you, Father, for salvation. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. If you have said this prayer, um, I just want you to know that you are blessed and highly favored. Amen. You are very blessed. And I, I would want you to reach out to me however you can reach out. Um, you, I think you can reach out to me through my podcast. You can reach out to me on Instagram. You can reach out to me on, on any social media platform. And I know that God is going to do a wonderful thing in, in, in our lives. Amen. I just want you to know that you are blessed and that God is going to do marvelous things in your life. Now, before we, we, we end today's service, I want to do something so powerful. You know, we used to do this before the corona. And um, since corona, I, I think God put it on me today as I was praying that we have, we have lost a certain level of power in, in this church and in the church in general because we have forgotten this particular thing. So I just want us to do it. I want us to take communion. And if you have, if you have uh, anything to take communion with, I, I would ask you to just get it right now. Um, I have milk and bread right now. And uh, if you have milk, if you have juice, if you have anything, you can use biscuits as the as the body of Christ. You can use bread. I just want you to take. I'm giving you maximum two minutes to get your communion ready, to get your bread, to get your. Uh, to get your juice. If you don't have anything, you can use water. Jesus turned water into wine. Amen. As we as we have this communion, I know that it's going to be turned into the blood of Jesus as you take it. Amen. If you don't have anything, you can use water. You can use bread. You can use biscuit. You can use a point of contact to represent the body of Christ for you. Amen. I just want you to have it right now. Uh, we're going to just do this for two minutes. As I pray in tongues, 
ke bosu tobolo shabri khandere aske break khana ma shindere aske break khana ma shindere ka bosu tobolo shabri khandere shabra khosu tobolo shabri khandere aske break ke bandere shabra khosu tobolo shabri khosu tobolo shabri khandere hallelujah all right so i want to suggest going to this the bible says in first corinthians 11 verse 23 it says that for i have received of the lord that which i also delivered unto you that the lord jesus the same night in which he was betrayed he took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said take eat this is my body which is broken for you this do in remembrance of me i want you to take the body of jesus i just want you to take the body of jesus right now and i i want you to to just hold it up as i pray over it i want to pray over the body of jesus right now whatever you have as the body of jesus just lift it up and i'll pray and sanctify it in the name of jesus let's pray father i come before you father i pray lord that as we take this body father may we be strengthened lord may we be strengthened father father may we receive the goodness of jesus the properties of the body of jesus father may we have strength beyond capability father may we have endurance father may we have may we have the bite of a shark father may we have the endurance of a camel father may we have the stamina of a camel father may we have the strength of a rhino of an elephant father may we move with great power as we take this body father come against all forms of infirmities afflictions that are affecting our body father may this body of jesus represent us lord I pray Lord that may we be strengthened in Jesus name I pray with thanksgiving the body of Jesus Christ Hallelujah um if you have your Uh, milk or juice or water whatever you have representing the blood of Jesus i want to just lift it up right now so i'll pray over it let me read it says that after the same manner also he took the cup and when he had supped saying this cup is the new testament in my blood this do ye as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup you do show the lord's death till he come amen i want to just lift up the blood of jesus what you have represented the blood of jesus let me provide father i come before you father i come against all forms of infirmities in the blood i come against diseases in the blood father i come against cancers i come against all infirmities all afflictions of the blood father i pray lord that we are sanctified in the name of jesus as we take this blood father may your blood speak for us I come against the spirit of death. Father, mark us in the spirit that when the spirit of death comes over us, Father, we will be marked in the blood. And the blood will speak for us. Father, speak for us in our infirmities. Father, speak for us in our sins. Speak for us in our offenses, Lord. That if we stand before you, Father, let the blood of Jesus speak for us. For Father, we are even unworthy, Father. We are sinners, but your blood will speak for us, Lord. The blood that was shed on Calvary will speak for us. Oh, Father it is it is by your blood that our sins are forgiven for though our sins 
be red as scarlet, they shall be made white as snow. I come against all forms of armed robberies in your lives. I come against the spirit of death. I come against spiritual potholes. I see somebody being delivered from armed robbers in the name of Jesus. This week you shall not be attacked. You shall survive. You shall not die, but you shall survive. I come against the spirit of accidents. I pray in the name of Jesus. You shall not have an accident. You shall not have an accident. But the blood of Jesus will speak for you. I come against all forms of problems. I come against financial loss in the name of Jesus. Father, I come against squandering of gifts, squandering of monies that have been given to us. As we take this blood, Father, cause the blood of Jesus to fill us, cause us to be covered in the blood of Jesus. May we be protected from all forms of evil. I lift up the shield of faith and I deflect every fiery arrow of the evil one. Any sickness that is surging through your body, I come against it in the name of Jesus. I come against neck pains. I come against headaches. I come against neck. I come against leg problems. I come against inability to walk. I come against back problems. I come against spinal problems. In Jesus' name I pray with thanksgiving. Amen. The blood of Jesus. Amen. Now, I just want you to lift up your hands. I want you to put one hand. If you have anywhere that is problematic, if you are going through pain in anywhere, you have a headache, I want you to put your hand on your head. If you have a chest pain, I want you to put your hand on your chest. Wherever you have pain, wherever you have a problem, I just want you to put your hand there. If you don't know where to put your hand, just put it on your heart. And I, and I want to pray with you. I want to deliver you from certain problems. Just put your hand wherever your hand is, wherever your pain is. If you don't, put it at your heart and I want to pray with you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you. Father, I ask that you deliver us from evil. Deliver us from our own self-destruction. Deliver us from sicknesses, from diseases. I come against every problem. Father, lift up the shield of faith. I deflect the, the fiery arrows of the evil one. We shall not be sick. I pray for protection. You are protected this week. You are protected in the name of Jesus. The blood will speak for you. You will not die, but you will live. Whatever sickness is disturbing you, I pray that the blood of Jesus surge through your body in the name of Jesus. The Holy Spirit is touching you right now in the name of Jesus. You are healed in Jesus' name of all afflictions of all problems. Father, I break every chain that is holding everybody down. If you, are, if you are under the sound of my voice, I break every chain that is holding you down in the name of Jesus. Father, send your angels to minister to them just like you did Jesus in the garden. Bless them, Lord. Guide them, Lord. Heal them, Lord. I thank you for this thing that you have already done. In Jesus' name I pray with thanksgiving. Amen. We've come to the end of our time together. Join us next time and thank you for listening. God bless you.